I'm not sure those that are here tonight, if you read the announcement tonight, hello, of um, what my topic of conversation is. I'm not sure if that's why. Maybe the attendance is lower than normal because um, I'm talking about demons. I didn't know if that maybe scared a few people off <laughs> or if it's just the weather or they're watching football. I don't know. But anyway, I do feel like God wanted me to talk about demons tonight. And it's not in a way that's going to magnify or glorify them. Of course, it's a way to magnify and glorify God and let you know that you have authority and dominion over those things. And if you ever feel tormented or oppressed or whatever by a spirit, you have dominion and authority through Jesus to take care of it. Amen? You need to exercise that authority. Uh, authority is no good unless you exercise it. Amen? Imagine a president or a prime minister or a king who had all this authority and never used it. What good would he be? He might as well just stay in bed, right? He's not going to do anything. So uh, I want to talk to you about that tonight. I'm going to have time during the, the message for questions. If you have questions, I have seen some things, believe me. Um, and it wasn't that I was asking for it. God kind of just threw me in there. I remember one prophetic word I got one time in, Cal in Chicago. This guy said, you feel like God threw you in the deep end of the pool, and all you know how to do is the doggy paddle. I'm like, man, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> man. And it was like that with uh, preaching, being a pastor, but also just ministering to people with uh, demonic spirits when you don't know much about it. You didn't grow up being taught about it. You just assume because they don't talk about it, but that it's not a real thing. Well, if you read your Bible, you'll clearly see it's a real thing. And they don't, they're spirits just like we are, and they don't die. Right? We're going to live forever. They live forever as well. So, um, ever since our first prophetic activation night, just last month, I guess, um, I have personally felt an increase of spiritual warfare and attack against me. I know in October, around Halloween and things, the witches and warlocks and people come out of, well, not really come out, but they just, they come together more, and they focus on pastors and their wives and their children, and they focus on uh, the enemy just cursing them, trying to destroy their families. And uh, I, have, I don't know if that's what it is or just it's or whatever. I don't really care what they're doing, to be honest. It makes no difference, but I'm just making you aware of it because greater is he is in us than he is in the world. But they do that. And sometimes we need to recognize uh, the darkness and have a response to it. Amen? And I just sit back. But anyway, I've been feeling an increase of spiritual warfare and personally attacked. Like just not physically. I haven't felt sick or anything, but just in my emotions and mentally, just thoughts that I don't normally have or don't normally keep coming back to me and dwelling on it, usually I can just say, you know what, stop in Jesus' name. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about that. It's just gone, you know. But then it just, I do that, and a few seconds later, it's back, and it's back again, and it's back again. It was just really uh, tormenting. It was just these things that normally I could deal with like this where it seemed like they were lingering longer for whatever reason. So uh, I just... So that's really where this message came out of is, is part of my, what I've been feeling myself. And I'm thinking if I'm feeling these things, maybe other people are as well. And then God said, told me to share on this. So my thoughts personally have been, they've been accusational, judgmental, and critical of myself. Like every, everything just like, well, why'd you do that? Or why'd you say that? Or why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? And, uh, or why didn't you pray longer? Or why didn't, and, and some of the words you'll, you can hear the devil say to you if he's been doing it a while, you'll recognize, like, ah, that's the enemy, right? But sometimes they use different wording, and you think it's you, and you don't recognize those accusational thoughts, and all of a sudden that comes against you, and you feel like oppressed, or heavy, or it doesn't, doesn't feel good. So um, these thoughts 
I felt like God told me, he said, these thoughts do not originate with, with me, Ryan. These thoughts originate with the evil one. Sometimes they are fiery darts to the enemy, and sometimes they're just residue left over from the sin nature that hasn't been renewed yet. Remember, be transformed by renewing your mind. So sometimes it's old thought patterns that haven't been renewed yet, but sometimes it's actually it's a fiery dart of the enemy, and he's just launching them at us. And if we don't have this, there's, there's a reason we have the armor of God, amen? And so we don't go out to war naked. We have to have warfare on, and I don't think you have to confess it every day and put on, you know, every piece every day. Just don't take it off, amen? I mean, God custom fit that stuff for you. It's made for you, but you have to recognize, acknowledge, I have a helmet of salvation. It's supposed to guard and protect my thoughts. So when, when I am being bombarded sometimes, I thank you, God, that I have a helmet of salvation. These thoughts are falling to the ground. This is not coming from you. This is not coming from me. I can recognize you as from the enemy. But sometimes it takes time to recognize that it is the enemy, and it's not just you. All right. So uh, have you guys ever felt spiritually attacked? Okay. Have you ever felt sense spiritual warfare in your life? Now, some people, they haven't. They have been attacked, and they've had issues, but they haven't sensed that it's demonic. They haven't sensed that it's from another source. They just assumed it's just life, or it's just how things are. But I'm telling you, there's, and I'm not, nowhere in this mess, I'm trying to say everything's a demon. That's not, because that's not true. But sometimes it is demonic. And the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's going to keep trying until the day he has no more, uh, more, no more opportunity. Amen? So, um... It's probable that everyone here has been tormented one time or another in some way. In some ways, it's really easy to recognize it. In other ways, sometimes you might have gone and just kept marching on in life and never even recognized it. Uh, some things are really easy to see. Uh, I'll mention that in a second, but some are very obvious. It's also possible that you've been tormented by evil spirits and then didn't even realize what was going on. Again, you thought it was yourself or you thought it was, it was just... Uh, some person was mean to you, or some person was this or that. And sometimes there's a demonic side to that. So how can we resist the enemy so he will flee from us if we don't recognize what's going on in the spirit realm? Okay? We have to recognize, have your sensors tuned up. It's, it's our battle, remember, is not against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers, principalities, and powers in the heavenly realm. There's, there's rulers, principalities, and powers that are there, but there's also demons, which is the lowest form in the demonic realm. Is demons, the ones that are down here that torment us. The other ones are in the principalities and powers, but they're down here to mess with you, to mess with how you think, with how you feel, your mind, your will, your emotions. That's what they try to do. And they can come in so, so many different ways. They get access through our television, through music. They can get access through a variety of different things. So um, tonight I want to show you uh, demons can bother us and not, without us having to be possessed, okay? And in possession, there's a, it doesn't really say, it says possession in the Bible, but a real better word for that is under the influence of, okay? Uh, so um, in my travels and even here at home, I've seen some pretty weird things. I'm not going to lie. And, and sometimes I was like, God, I did not sign up for this. I'm telling you what. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. And uh, I remember one time I was praying, God, and I was like, God, I'm okay with the healing stuff. I'm okay with laying hands on the sick and seeing them get well, like a knee feels better, a back feels better, headaches gone, whatever. Um, but this demon stuff, I don't like that. And uh, he's like, we can't have one without the other. He said they go hand in hand. You know, sometimes people are praying for, sometimes, and I guess it's not every case, but sometimes the reason why they're not healed when we pray is because we're praying the wrong thing. We need to take care of a spirit. And we're, we're praying against the symptom when we actually need to be praying against the spirit. 
and we need discernment and understanding of when it is demonic and when it's just, it actually just is their shoulder. If the pain moves from one shoulder to the other, it's probably not from an injury. Yeah, you, you get me. Now, maybe you haven't seen that before, but I've seen that many times in other countries and even here in our services where we pray for someone and they say, my right shoulder's bother me. We pray for them and then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, now my left shoulder's bother me. Ding, 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 ding. That's an alert right there that that is not normal pain, right? Your pain, I've never, have you ever experienced your pain switch knees on you, <laughs> right? It doesn't do that, but spirits can do that. So I've seen some weird things. I've seen people foam with the mouth in Uganda. Didn't really like seeing that, but it's in the Bible, right? It's in the Bible. I saw a lady slithering like a snake on the ground in front of me while I was preaching. That was exciting. <laughs> I was like, gosh, where am I? <laughs> I was like, I'm in Uganda. But anyway, uh, I've seen them fall on the ground and make horse-like noises while, we're, while they're getting delivered. That's weird. I've seen them shake and scream and then yell and even try to punch me one time. And that was actually, I was actually got really excited over that. Because, you know, when you spot them, you've got them. When you know you have authority over them, once you, when, when they manifest, it's easy then. It's the ones that don't manifest that's tricky to find and, and discover what's bothering that person, what's bothering me. Um, I remember this, this is a funny story. This lady, some of you guys have heard this, but I was asked to do like a, a life group meeting in Canada years ago and uh, at my Holly's Aunt Tina's place and uh, they had, I don't know, it was probably like 20 people in the room, something like that. And uh, I mean, it was just casual friends going together and I was sharing and, and uh, this lady came in at the very end on a walker and she came in like, you know, really, really slow, just really slow. So we're all waiting to start for, for her to get in there. And honestly, it probably took her 10 minutes to get to her chair. I, I mean... Uh, I just, she was just really, really slow, right? So then I ministered something, I don't know, God is good or something, devil bad or whatever. And at the end, uh, we had ministry time to pray for people. And uh, Aunt Tina started praying for this, her friend that she invited who was into tarot cards and some other things. And uh, <laughs> next thing you know, the lady's like, I'll, I'll better take this off. She's like, she's like ah! ah! This is like really loud and falls on the floor and starts manifesting big time. And uh, my aunt Tina asked me for help, and I look uh, at the corner of my eye, and here's that old lady the walker home. <laughs> she's heading for the door. She's going home. She's leaving right then. She walked in, like, really slow, but at the end, she heard the scream. She was out at the door so fast. It's like my mother when she's ready to go to Walmart. I mean, she's, like, walking really slow. It's Walmart time. Boom, she's healed. And that's my brother. I says, Mom's healed. It's time to go to Walmart. <laughs> but uh, that was really funny. Uh, <laughs> I never get to talk to that lady again, but I've never seen someone move that fast before with a walker. And, uh, but anyway, uh, guys, uh, it's not always fun. Ministry isn't always fun. You know, it's sometimes it's a mess. I mean, it's more of a swamp sometimes or, a, or just a mess than this perfect image of what the perfect church service would look like. You know, if Jesus walked in here, I think a perfect service would look like everybody healed and everybody manifested that needed to manifest and the demons were all cast out if there were any to be taken care of and we're walking in newness and free, freedom of life. It's not like, well, it was great. Pastor Ryan had a good sermon. We had great worship and everyone went home exactly the same and nothing really happened. That's not good. That's not good. Amen? We're representing Jesus. So, uh, so those really outgoing uh, screams and things like that, it's really easy to see. Well, obviously, that's a demon. We went to Brazil, and all of our team, they, they saw different demons manifesting with different people. And never once did they have to ask me and say, Hey, Pastor Ryan, is that a demon? I never had that question asked. They're like, 
<laughs> they were like this. They knew, all right? They knew. But it's the more subtle ones, the, more, the ones that bother you when you don't really realize it. Those are the ones we need to take, uh, take a look at and see, are there spirits bothering me? And if they are, sometimes, what do you do about it, okay? So um, sometimes when demons bother people over a long period of time, they become what's called a familiar spirit. And then you actually believe that that spirit is part of you. It's your personality, when really it's not. I had that happen with me just personally. I had delivered from several demons. I don't remember the exact number, but it was quite a few. It was more than seven. I had Mary Magdalene beat. But, uh, but it was less than the Legion guy, so that was good. <laughs> so anyway, um, he, uh, um, it, for weeks after I had deliverance, I just walked around the house and I was saying, Holly, I just feel so weird. I feel so, I mean, I felt good. I didn't feel sick. I just felt weird. It was like part of, it feels like part of me was missing. And it was those spirits that I thought were me. It wasn't me. But it became a familiar spirit to me. And I just assumed this is my personality. This is my makeup. This is who I am. And sometimes it, there's things, you know, we need to deal with like that. But other times it can be a demon. All right. So um, that's why we need the gifts of discerning of spirits. And we need to trust each other. Right. If we, if, if, is it, is it, like we're wearing a mask sometimes and like, don't tell me what my problem is. I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes it's how life goes. It's, how you doing? I'm good. Are you really? I mean, hope you are. But in 1 John 4, 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And we're not going to focus on the prophets part right now, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So there's some spirits that are obviously going to come from God, and there's spirits that are not going to come from God, and we need to know the difference. So there's many characters, people in the Bible, that were influenced by demonic spirits. I want to just have a little interaction here with you guys. Just name some. I already kind of mentioned two there, if you were listening close enough. But uh, just name some. Some of them are unnamed, but you know the stories. Someone influenced by demons. Yes. Yes. In the tombs, right? Mary somebody, right? Out of who Jesus cast out seven demons, right? You know some more? One of, the, one of your favorite stories probably where Jesus calling that lady a dog, remember? He said, Jesus, have mercy. My daughter lays at home being tormented by demonic spirits, right? Um, you guys know any more? I know you're, I, I had time to think about it. You didn't, so. How about the lady who was bent, hunched back and walked over like for 18 years and then Jesus healed her on the Sabbath and, and uh, they got mad at him for healing her on the Sabbath and said, shouldn't this woman, a daughter of Abraham, be set free from what bound her? What Satan has bound her for 18 long years, he said. She was bound by Satan. And there's many other people in the Bible that were, uh, well, actually, you think of King Saul in the Old Testament. David played his harp and he played music. And those spirits would leave him for a while he'd feel peace. So and, uh, there's many unnamed people that were delivered from demons in the Bible. In uh, Matthew 4.24, it says, Then his fame went out throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick, people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them all. So it says uh, many were tormented, many were demon-possessed, so there was many. A normal service for Jesus involved deliverance. A group, group crowds where there's thousands, 10,000, 20,000 people there, there would be deliverance in every one of them. 
mean, it just, it was normal. It was just, they, you remember the stories, they'd sometimes come and fall on his feet, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Shut your mouth, you're not allowed to say that. These people need to know who I am from the Holy Spirit, not from you. I mean, he, they had to be revealed by the Father who he was, not just because a demon said it, right? He's, he shut them up right away. He didn't allow them to be talking. So guys, these stories fill our Bible, okay? And these spirits fill lives of people all around us. And we recognize it, we see them as, oh, that guy's a jerk, or this guy's a this, and this guy's a that. And sometimes, you know what, they probably just are a jerk, okay? But sometimes there's demonic influences in their life that they're tormented day and night. Even when they try to sleep, they're tormented by dreams, nightmares, night terrors, and different things. And they need help. And guess who needs to help them? It's the body of Christ. We can't be afraid of this stuff. We can't be. And you might, you might have to do something you don't really want to do. You know, you might have to lay hands on somebody and command demons to leave. I remember the very first time <laughs> uh, I had a demon manifest was in college. And this guy in our basketball team, we were praying for him. And the Holy Spirit was really ministering to us. We, I went to Bible college in my hometown, so I was still living at home. We started having prayer meeting in my house like every night, like every night for months. And we'd go till curfew, like 11 o'clock at night and sometimes later. And, uh, and they wouldn't get in trouble, fortunately, <laughs> at that time. We, didn't, we told them we were praying. And we were praying, but it was not quite the kind of prayer that they were maybe used to. And anyway, one of my friends, one night we were praying for him. His name's David. He just started manifesting. I mean, and none of us had ever seen it before, never saw it on TV, never, I mean, just nothing. And uh, anyway, he started manifesting, and I was like, well, that's unusual. <laughs> I'm like, God, what do we do? Because it's me and, and two other guys here, we're, I guess we should do something about this. And honestly, I just said, uh, I put my hand on him, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave him and go find some pigs. <laughs> that's the only story I could think of, right? And he just, and he stopped. I'm like, wow, this is awesome, it worked. I was like freaking out, I was so excited. And he just stopped. And then, uh, but he had a major encounter with God. And we, we just, he was, he was actually so changed that even the teachers knew that something happened to him. He used to always walk around with his head down. He'd never look in the eye. He was super talented basketball. had all A's in school. A very likable guy, but he didn't have confidence in himself. And he just never looked in the eye, hardly talked to you. And after that, his head was up. He's looking around. He read the whole New Testament in seven days. And his life was totally changed. Totally changed. So, um... There's, oh yeah, I remember what story was going on, I was going to tell you that, was, um, so while we're doing deliverance with my friend David, my mother's upstairs in the house, and she yells down the stairs, and said, hey Ryan, what are you guys doing down there? It sounds like you're casting out a demon. I said, we are, mom. She goes, oh, okay, well, can you try to keep it down some? I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll try, mom, we're, gonna, we're trying our best to keep it down. We've never done this before, but we're going to try to keep it down. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, that's awesome. But there's many different types of evil spirits, uh, demonic spirits mentioned in the Bible. Um, there's Luke 7, 21 mentions evil spirits. There's a spirit of heaviness talked about in Isaiah 61. You remember that? God's given you what? A garment of praise against that spirit of heaviness. When you feel that heaviness coming on you, and I'm not talking about the heaviness of the glory of God, but the heaviness from another source, you need to get your praise on. I had that on a Friday. I was trying to work on one of my messages, and I just couldn't get into the groove of the Spirit to work on this. It was just bombarded with thoughts and junk and stuff. Like, all right, that's enough. And I just put on some worship music, and I just, and I just kept working on my sermon while I was, had the flow of worship helping me. And after a while, I was like, all right, I can shut this off now. And I was going, I was, and that's not normal for me to have to do that. But on Friday, it was. I'm like, we, and i just like, I don't know why. I don't know if I need to know why. But I know he's given me a garment of praise against that. 
Amen? There's spirits of oppression the Bible talks about. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So here we have a connection with oppression and healing. And Jesus says the oppression didn't come from the Father. It didn't come from the sovereignty of God. It came from the devil. Amen? It didn't come from genetics. It didn't come from anything else. It came from the devil. So there's spirits of oppression. Sometimes people feel oppressed. It can be emotional, and actually, it actually can affect your body as well. There's spirits of divination. Acts 16, you remember that? The lady that was uh, fortune-telling for the... She was a slave, and her, she was fortune-telling for her master and making money for him. And Paul commands a spirit to go, and then uh, she can't do it anymore. And then the master's ticked off because he's not making money anymore. So he takes him to court over it. There's uh, seducing spirits or deceiving spirits. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the spirit speaketh excessively that in the latter, latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Okay? They're, they're real. I mean, they're filled in the church. I'm telling you, they just tell you the honest truth. Their church is filled with people. They have demonic spirits. Okay? Are you guys okay? I'm not praying you're going to manifest or anything. Don't worry. <laughs> that was funny to me, but <laughs> I scared you, but it's funny to me. <laughs> but, well, I guess if you need to, you can. But anyway, that's up to God. But uh, there's seducing spirits. There's doctrines of demons. There's things that aren't of God. Okay? There's unclean spirits. Remember the, mention, the story David mentioned? The man in the graveyard had a legion. I looked up a Roman legion. was about 5,000. I don't know if that's for sure how many de- demons this guy had, but it, it may have been. This guy had a bunch of them. All right? They said, we are many. We, my name is Legion. And uh, it said they had an unclean spirit. So it was singular. Siri, I wasn't talking to you. All right. It said they had an unclean spirit. And it says, but my name is Legion. We are many. So it said singular spirit. And it said spirits with we are many. It's it just, uh, just so you know, sometimes it will speak to you in first person. It's a spirit. You'll, you'll hear it as if it's your own voice. There's something wrong with you. Or there's something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? All right? They'll, they'll try to trick you like that. And it's not your own voice. Sometimes it's a demonic spirit saying, what's wrong with me? Why does nobody like me? Why does no one want to talk to me? No one wants to be my friend. No one wants to hang out with me. Sometimes you can get your mind, go there for sure. But sometimes it's a demon spirit whispering in your ear those things. And once you come into agreement with that, you empower that spirit to, to dwell around you and torment you. All right? There's some people that will go around... And they believe, no one ever looks at me and smiles. And they've heard that somewhere. And so when they walk through the mall, everyone that looks at them and doesn't smile. Either they're scared of them, they don't smile. And then this lady, I read in this book, she gets delivered from that spirit, and now she's smiling, and everyone looks at her and smiles. There was nothing wrong with her the whole time. But it was a lie she heard and a lie she believed. There's a deaf and dumb spirits in Mark 9.25. The kid that was epileptic, it says he was also mute. When he was foaming at the mouth, he fell down. That story, the disciples couldn't heal the boy. Jesus did. It's when Jesus commanded the spirits to leave, he said, you deaf and dumb spirit. Now, if I was doing it without the help from the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't think of that. The mute one you might think of, the dumb one. But the deaf one doesn't ever say he was dumb. It doesn't ever talk about epilepsy or the, the seizures or anything. It just says, you deaf and dumb spirit, come out of that boy and leave him. Uh, don't come back kind of thing. He lays there and they thought he was dead. All right, so it was his illness, his limitations 
was directly because of evil spirits. Okay? So I'm sharing this with you for a reason. One, God told me to, but two, uh, in the last days, the Bible talks about an increase of darkness, but also be an increase of light. There's going to be an increase of the conflict, increase of the battle, guys. And guess what? Somewhere along the line, God's going to ask you to sign up for this. I'm just telling you, if he hasn't yet, he's going to ask you to. And it might not be something you want to do. I didn't want to do it. But I'm telling you, when I see a friend or a brother or someone that I love and care for, and I know in my heart that God showed me they're being tormented by his spirit, and they come to me and ask for me to help, do I say, I guess I can't do it because I'm afraid this thing might manifest in front of me and I'm going to feel uncomfortable. I'm going to feel icky or eebie-jeebies or the hair might stand up on the back of my neck or creepy. And I'm not going to do it because I'm going to be so self-centered and selfish. I don't want to feel those emotions, so I'm not going to help them. Or you could have the love of Jesus that's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit say, God, you know I don't know what I'm doing, but let's go for this. I'm not going for this alone. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. There's uh, spirits of jealousy. Sometimes if you have struggle with jealousy, it might not just be you. It might be a spirit. Okay? There's a lying. There's, if you want an example of that, Numbers 5.14 for spirit of jealousy. A uh, lying spirit in 1 Kings. There's a perverse spirit or perverted spirit. We've probably seen that. It manifests in a lot of different ways, not just with sexual perversion, but a lot of things, even perverting truths and twisting truths. There's a prideful spirit, which I guess some people just recognize that is normal today. <laughs> now, I think it's good to be proud of America and proud of your background and your family and stuff like that. But, you know, the Bible tells me pride comes before the fall. There's an there's a evil kind of pride where you take credit for things that God did in your life. You think you didn't need the grace of God. I'm just awesome anyway. You know, <laughs> and you're, it's, you would never say it out of your mouth, but it's a subtle spirit, and it's, it can be connected with a religious spirit, and you can get in there connected with the law, and you think you earned your salvation, you earned these other things from God, and I tell you, it can be absolutely tormenting. All right. Um, there's a spirit of infirmity, the woman that was bent over for 18 years. There's a spirit of the Antichrist in 1 John 4, 3. So the spirit of the Antichrist is already in this world. Anyone who says Jesus didn't come in the flesh, it means they're operating under the spirit of Antichrist. There's a spirit of error in 1 John 4, 6. This spirit of stupor, which I don't know if that means stupid or not. I've definitely seen it if it means stupid. I've seen the spirit of stupid on a lot of people. And uh, I don't know if that's one I can cast out or not or whatever. But, but it does say in Romans eleven eight that there's a spirit of stupor. That they have eyes, they, they, have, they can't see and they can't hear what God's saying. It's something stopped up, they're seeing and they're hearing, so they can't uh, recognize and hear the gospel. So, and I believe there's many others. Those are ones directly mentioned in the Bible. There's many more that are insinuated from Scripture. There's a spirit of poverty uh, that can manifest in poverty, greed, and hoarding. There's a spirit of death, which could be manifest with a suicide or murder. And there's many other spirits, you could, you could name them and go on. But again, not to give glory to the enemy, but he is going to fight you whether you want to fight back or not. We're in this war whether we want to be or not, and we're not going to get out of it till we tap out and go to heaven, amen? Till it's all over, until it's done, we're going to be in this war. So there's other spirits. Uh, I want to, before I say a few more, what spirits have you guys come across or think may be a spirit? Now, don't tell me. Uncle Joe's name or anything like that. I don't mean that. I just, the Spirit's name. What's the Spirit you think you've seen or witnessed or experienced um, around in your lifetime that I didn't mention yet? 
Self-hatred, yes, absolutely. Mm. A what? Pharma, the pharmacy? Okay. And addicted to drugs? And, yes. Anybody else? Religious, yes. Absolutely. It's one of the nastiest ones out there, I'm telling you. It really is. In the, it's what religion has put Jesus on the cross. I mean, it was God intended, but it said it was the spirit of religion that put him there. The devil thought, I got a chance to kill this guy. Right? Um, what's some more, guys? Pardon? Self-pity, yes. Rebellion, absolutely. Huh? Condemnation, absolutely. Lack, yes. You and good, guys. Fear, absolutely. Huh? Guilt, absolutely. Totally. So you guys may have said my whole list here, but uh, in case you didn't, I'll name a few more. But you guys... Which, any, any more? Yes. Some more is uh, insecurity. People can be insecure, you know, their family didn't love them the right way and they didn't grow up healthy in a home. But also a spirit can attach to somebody and they hear these things and they feel, no one loves me, no one cares for me, nobody likes me. And that's not coming from the Holy Spirit. And they're just, what's the, what's the devil say with the devil? He accuses you day and night. Right, And so if he's doing that, his spirits are doing that as well, a tactic to try to make you not believe the good things of God and believe that you're awful, no good, and whatever. Uh, when I went to Dick Robinson for deliverance, was, uh, he thought it was funny. But he's like, what's the overall feeling that you have about yourself? And this might surprise you. I don't know. Maybe it won't. But I just said, I just feel like I suck. I just, like, he goes, what? He goes, yeah, I just, I just feel like I suck at, at what? He goes, everything. I just, like, it's like nothing I do can be good enough. Nothing I do. I just kept saying suck like a bunch of times. He was laughing by the time we were done. But he goes, I don't know if there's a spirit of suck, but we can put that on the list. <laughs> but it was, but honestly, I just felt this, this all the time, like nothing I ever did was good enough or whatever. And it just, it, it, that's, that's what I felt. But some other spirits are a spirit of rejection. You can be rejected by a family member, somebody, but then a spirit of rejection come alongside that. And then you actually expect rejection throughout your life until you deal with that. It's very, very common. There's a actual spirits of fatigue and tiredness and weariness. That you are tired. There's one thing to be tired from hard work. There's another thing to be tired when you, should, you know you shouldn't be, but you just are. And sometimes you, your body might be coming down with something. You might be fighting off something. You need to get some extra rest, and vitamin C, vitamin D, whatever. But other times it could be a spirit trying to make you fatigued and tired so you won't do the things that's in your heart to do. All right? There's also a spirit of divisiveness or division. We've seen that manifest in the church, especially in Avery County, right? That's why we got 200 churches, because <laughs> it was so one was here and they split across the road, and you know, and, and that. But it's it's common everywhere because it's one of the devil's attacks. So, one of the assignments of the church is to cast out demons. Didn't Jesus say that? And we also are called to resist the devil, so he'll flee from us. So sometimes they're actually in the person. Just casting them out, right? And other times, we're just resisting them so because they're on them. We're, they're trying to get on us. They're trying to oppress us. It's kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know what those things are called, but you're walking through the field, and you get those little things stuck to your foot, like Velcro. They're all over your shoelaces and stuff, and it takes you like 20 minutes to pick them all off. What are they called? Be- Better lice. Beggar lice. Okay. All right, well, whatever you want. <laughs> and uh, 
I'm still not sure, but I think there's those things that stick to you like Velcro. At home, we have bigger ones like that big called burdocks, and then you walk through them, they'll stick all over your shirt and pants and socks and stuff. They're a little easier to get off because they're big. Those little guys, man, they take you a while to get them off your laces. I sit there for 10, 20 minutes pulling those things off. Huh? Pocket knife. All right. I'll remember that next time. But, um, but not every spirit's inside a person. Sometimes they're just like a hitchhiker. It's uh, just stuck to you like through life's journey. You got around this person or that person, and they get stuck to you, and uh, we have to get them off. But if we don't recognize it, it's easy to see them on our shoes, right? But it's not easy to see it in the spirit unless God opens your eyes to see. Now, I'm telling you, um, I, I wish this stuff didn't exist. I really do. I wish I didn't have to talk about this. I wish we didn't have to deal with this, honestly. But we'd have to be in heaven or in the Garden of Eden before the fall for that to be a reality. Uh, to see people do the things they do to each other when we do sozo meetings and you hear the things, the lies they believe and the healing that they receive, I'm telling you, there are spirits at work in people's lives. And guys, you have the answer in this earthen vessel, in these jars of clay. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I mean, you just do. So in Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and, to op- and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And I, I read that like God's taking vengeance out on the devil for how he's, he's hurt his children. So... He came to, came to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison to those who are bound. Now, those are beautiful scriptures in Isaiah 61. And you know, Jesus read those same scriptures. In Luke 4, they handed the scroll to him, and it was his turn to read. And it says he opened up to uh, Isaiah 61. It's Luke 4, 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And then, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, which is Isaiah 61, now, didn't have numbers back then. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That was the ministry calling of Jesus. And he said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. Amen. So we are to proclaim liberty to the captives. We're opening doors for those that are bound. And we're supposed to set at liberty those that are oppressed. That's what Jesus did. He said, well, how do I do that, Pastor? Well, Christ in you. All right, greater is he in you. So these scriptures connect the terms prison, bondage, and oppression. All right. Those are closely connected terms with, when dealing with the demonic. Uh, uh, prison, bondage, and oppression. Okay? So we know Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, right? And we know that the Bible says that the Father sent me, so I also send you. So we also know that we're called to this ministry. Whether we want to be really or not, God wants us to do these things. Amen? You guys look so excited. I tell you, it is more exciting when it's over than when it is during sometimes. <laughs> when it's over, like, praise God, that was awesome. In the middle of it, like, oh my gosh, what is happening, right? But um, in Luke 7, 22, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John these, the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, 
The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. I think that's Jesus' paraphrase or summary of his ministry calling in of Isaiah 61. He said, look, tell John, he's in prison right now, tell him. It's funny, he's in prison, he came to open prison doors. That might be a little tension for him, a little, a little upsetting for John. I know Isaiah 61, but I'm still in prison. Well, he's talking about spiritual oppression, right? He said, uh, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed, the dead are raised, and the poor has the gospel preached to them. He's setting those that are oppressed free. They're oppressed when they can't see. They're blind. They're, they're, they're deaf. They're oppressed by the enemy. And that's why Acts 10.38 said, right? So, and then we know that Jesus said that the works that we're going to do is greater than the works that he did. So, we're not excluded from these things. We're included in that. Amen? So, um, so we are to proclaim liberty to the captives. We're to open the prison for those that are bound. And we're to set at liberty those that are oppressed. Now, what's the difference between a captive and a prisoner? Okay? Maybe you hadn't thought about that before. But both of them, he wants freed. I asked uh, Rodney Hogue this. I had it in my notes somewhere, and I couldn't find it, so I texted Rodney Hogue the other day. What's the difference between a captive and a prisoner? And he said, a captive, captives are in bondage because of someone else's doings or someone else's sin. He said, a prisoner is in bondage because of their own doings. I felt like God gave me this one. A captive is someone who has been captured by a scheme of the enemy by believing a lie. This lie could have been learned by a parent, family member, or a friend. So they believe this lie and it put them captive into bondage. Okay? Or a prisoner is someone who is oppressed and tormented. The enemy has legal ground because of an individual sin. That, that's happened. So whether they are a prisoner or a captive, Jesus came to set them free. Amen. Amen. So if you think about this, it's the truth that sets us free, right? It's the truth, right? Jesus sets us free. So would it be possible that if truth sets us free, then would it be believe lies that causes us to be bound? Right? If it's truth that sets us free, then it's believe lies. Uh, I remember talking to someone, I was in Minnesota with someone once, and I was asking them, ask the Holy Spirit, is there a lie I believe about Jesus? Like, I don't believe a lie about Jesus. I know the Bible really good. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute now. I'm not asking you. <laughs> I'm asking you to ask the Holy Spirit if there's a lie you believe about Jesus. Because intellectually, this guy knew the Scripture. He knew the Bible. He knew Jesus, all of the stuff that he did. But he didn't believe any of it for himself. None of it. Didn't even believe Jesus loved him. Right? Which is the basic of Christianity. But I'm telling you, it's one of the hardest things for us to take and grasp and receive is that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you, amen? So after a while, the guy was able to hear, and he did receive some exposed lies, and it was actually turned out really good. But so what we want to do is expose these believed lies in our lives, then renounce them. God, I renounce these lies in Jesus' name. Ask God what is the truth, and then you will experience more freedom. That makes sense? So it's, again, just like the, these obvious demonic expressions of manifestations are easy to see, these believed lies over here are not always so easy to recognize. And if you could recognize, you probably would have already done it by now. So sometimes you might need help, and that's what we do in our sozo. Is, it's, one of the, it's the number one thing we're going after is believe lies. 
Uh, sometimes people think it's a come in and confess your sin session and they start really open up and telling us all the stuff they've done. And I, sometimes I just have to stop and listen. I don't know if you understand, but I don't really want to hear that. Uh, God's forgiven you for that. I don't, I don't need to hear it. I'm going to have to, I don't tell them this, I'll have to de-slime later from, from hearing those awful stories because some of them are really bad. What's happened to people? It's, it's awful. But uh, really what we're looking for is believe lies. Because believe lies is what makes you make these wrong decisions. Make you not believe what God's saying about you. Not make you not believe you're worthy enough to walk in God's blessing or to follow the calling God's put on your life. This believe lie that you're not who God says you are. And so we find out what those lies are, renounce them, ask the Holy Spirit what is the truth, and you receive freedom. Amen. Now I've had many sozos, and I still need more because I have because I want more freedom. It's not a, a sign of weakness. It's a sign of uh, I don't know. Humility or hunger or something. I just want to be more like Jesus. And when I'm not, I want to, want to figure it out and get closer to him. So uh, I want to give you a few um, char- common characteristics of demonic stuff. This is from Derek Prince, if you guys are familiar with his ministry. But just some of the things, the characteristics of how demons act, okay? Demons, one thing they do is they entice. Okay, they verbally tempt people to lie, cheat, steal, and things like that. Demons harass. They actually will study somebody and observe the pattern of their behavior, looking for an opportune time. Like the Bible says, they, they left Jesus, but they look for a more opportune time to come back to, to mess with him. And they do that. They study and try to figure out a, a pattern of us. They can figure out uh, this, a weak point in us so they can get a, a foothold, some kind of stronghold with us. Demons also torture. This can be physical torture, like arthritis, or mental torture, or like fear of going insane, or spiritual torture like inner accusations, you've committed unpardonable sin. You know, people, some people have really believe that, and so they don't believe they can ever get saved because a, a demon spirit's caused them to believe that they've committed the unpardonable sin and it's impossible for them to get saved. People do believe that. They've been tricked into believe that, and it's not true. Um, even if someone has sold their soul to the devil, they have not gone too far as long as they're still breathing through the redemptive hand of Jesus. Amen. They can just cancel that. Well, I changed my mind. Cancel, cancel. <laughs> and then just and get on with what Jesus, amen. All right, demons also compel. Derek Prince said, no word is more characteristic of demon activity than the word comp- uh, compulsion. This can be drugs, alcohol, food, biting your nails, cleaning your house. I mean, obviously, I mean excessively, not like you, you need to clean your house, right? But excessive cleaning where you can't let any spot or anything going on. Compulsive talking, rambling pointlessly. Uh, Compulsive talking may also open the door for demonic spirits of gossip and criticism. Okay, now the the talking one might shock you, but if you're like me, you've been around somebody before, when they talk so much, when they left, you felt slimed. You felt drained. You felt like, oh my gosh, I thought they'd never leave. My goodness, how could they talk that long? I don't even know what they were saying. I don't know. It wasn't a conversation. It was just this monologue that you had to hear. And I mean, for hours sometimes. I've been in some that were very, very long. And I never knew that it could be a demon. I would have bound that thing right away and like, let's get on to it. Get to the point already. Come on, I bind that. Not out loud, but in my heart, like, I bind that thing in Jesus' name. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, but uh, they can. And, and fear and anxiety and things can stir things up. And they can actually be talking because of a, of a demonic spirit. 
Right? So it's not that they're evil, bad. Demons manifest people in different ways, and they, they are, are trying to torment us, make us look bad, and do different things. So um, someone's really nervous, just biting their nails right down the stubs. You know, why are they so nervous? There's something going on inside, right? Demons uh, enslave, lock in uh, captivity to sin, or uh, like lying, stealing, and things. They just enslave them and lock them into addictions and things like that. You can actually get delivered from an addictive spirit and actually be set free from drugs. Some say, well, come on, if they were stronger, they could do this or that or whatever. Yeah, maybe, but sometimes it's demons. Sometimes it was their choice, and it's like, it's like the guy who gives the free sample the first time, right? Why? They give it free because they know once you're addicted, they're going to make a constant living off of you coming back and buying more, all right? Um, well, the next one was demons cause addictions. Smoking, it could be eating, drinking, could be even alcohol, coffee, or soda. Uh, addictions to pornography, uh, television in general, Facebook, cell phones, all these can become demonic addictions. You ever see someone that can't put their phone down? You take their phone, they have a meltdown. Like, you just want to hold it for a little while. And there were a, a girl in high school, the teacher took her phone because she wasn't supposed to be playing on it, and she literally called her mother to come get her to take her home from school because she couldn't, she was going to have a meltdown because she didn't have her phone in her hand. There's something wrong, guys. That's not normal. That's not good, all right? Some people actually quit one addiction, and they, they get, feel like they got delivered from this, but they just move into another one. Well, that may be good you get out of this one, but you might need to get out of this other one, too. You just get delivered from the spirit of addiction, right? So, um, man, this is really good stuff. <laughs> uh, demons defile. Unclean spirits try to defile uh, mental lives. They try to pollute our thoughts and imaginations with impure images like lusts or fantasies and things like that. If you're ever praying and all of a sudden this image of a nude woman or something pops in your head, it was not you, okay? It was a demon. They're trying to interrupt and dis, uh, disrupt your fellowship and your communi- communion with the Lord, all right? I've had that happen. Like, what in the heck? What's wrong with me? I haven't been looking at stuff. I haven't done that. What is it? It's not about you. They're trying to distract you, torment you, make you feel guilt, shame, and condemnation. They can just send one little image, and boom, it's and then you, you could be in a, a mess for a long time. What's wrong with me, God? What did I do? And, and it wasn't from God. All right? Um, how about pollute our speech? If a person can't go more than a few sentences without cursing, there might be a demon involved. I met a man like that once, not that long ago, in Rome Mountain at the junkyard. I won't say. <laughs> and, uh, man, I never heard anyone swear like that in my life. And I told him I was a pastor, and it didn't seem to matter. <laughs> and, uh, man, he, I, it was very colorful. And uh, I still bought stuff, and I was blessing him. And in my heart, I was like, I'm binding that spirit in Jesus' name in my heart. I was just, and by the time we were done, this guy put uh, some new rims on my car and, uh, and different things while I'm talking to him. By the time we were done, that guy gradually and gradually swore less and less and less. Now, I'm not saying it was totally stopped, but it went from like four in a sentence to like maybe only one or in a sentence or one in every other sentence, okay? So it can be uh, spirit involved in that. Demons deceive. And demons can attack our physical body, like we mentioned before. I also have a list here of 28, 28 possible signs of demonization or demonic activity. And uh, there are addictions, appetites out of balance, sometimes even your own eating. You might need to go on a fast if you're eating like really, really fast and your, your appetites might be out of control. You're eating so fast you're biting your tongue or biting your cheek and you're, you're whatever. I've done that. Man, that hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> like, oh gosh, that hurts. You're eating too fast. Uh, you might need to ask God if you need to go on a fast and get that 
appetite under subjection to the Lord. Um, behavior extremes, bitterness and unforgiveness, compulsive behavior patterns, deceitful personality and behavior, depression, emotional disturbance, escapism, fears and phobias, guilt and self-condemnation, hearing voices, uh, hereditary illnesses, heretical beliefs, involvement in false religions, irrational behavior, lack of mature relationships, legalism and spiritual bondage. Now, if you're writing them down, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm just giving you the list here. I'll give it to you later. But nightmares, occult involvement, out-of-control tongue, reoccurring or long-term sicknesses, self-centeredness, sexual uh, aberrations, suicide, ten suicidal tendencies, undiagnosable symptoms, violent tendencies, withdrawn uh, associate, um, antisocial behavior. And that's not a whole list, I'm sure, and there's more than 28. But I'm telling you, the devil's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if he can get to any area of our life, some victory for him is better than no victory. But guys, I want us to walk in real freedom from these things and be spiritual enough to recognize when you're being tormented so you can command them to leave you alone, to shut up and go in Jesus' name, and you can experience relief. Sometimes I feel, when I feel demonic oppression, sometimes I'll feel like right here on my chest. And it's not a heart attack or anything. <laughs> it's like I feel it or I'll feel it right, right here. And I feel like it's almost like harder to take a deeper breath. I'm like, okay, well, and I'm not even exercising or anything, so it's not, <laughs> it's not that. It's just like, what is that? And I, it's a spirit. And for... Uh, about four or five days in a row, I felt this, and each day it was a different spirit trying to torment me over something. I'm like, what in the world? Now, if you've never experienced it, praise God, I hope you do live in the Pollyanna bubble, and uh, it's good. I really do, but uh, if you haven't yet, you might someday, so remember this, okay? It might be for another day for you, and uh, ask the Holy Spirit, what is this? Why am I feeling this absence of peace? And he'll tell you if it's something you did, or he'll tell you if it's something that Somebody said, he'll tell you if it's a demonic spirit or something. And you can ask him and get wisdom and say, what do you want me to do? What should I do? And sometimes it's, I command the spirit to get away from me. Sometimes it's, you need to put on some worship music. Sometimes you need to, you know, there's a variety of things he might tell you. So what do you do if you're under attack or being tormented? One thing you need to do is put on some worship music sometimes where you feel like you're not making progress. You command this thing to go and it's still bothering you. Put on some worship music. Then you're not fighting this thing by yourself. You had a whole choir with you, a whole band with you, right? And they're worshiping Jesus. Have someone, also have someone anointed to pray over you. You know, someone's anointed, like, I've been feeling this oppression for days now. I don't know why. I have no idea what's going on. Would you please pray for me? Get the prophetic team to say, will you ask the Holy Spirit what's bothering me? Because I can't, I can't pinpoint it. Maybe you need help getting that. And uh, that's okay. That's good. That's why you have gifts of discerning of spirits. Some people didn't actually have that gift. Here's a spirit that's bothering you. It's this right here. Okay, that's important. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit if you picked up a hitchhiker, one of those little, whatever Joey said, on your shoes, you know, uh, get those things on you, and you can get them off. But anyway, the, the devil wants to torment us, and small victories to him are victories. Okay? And, I, and God wants us to experience freedom. So one of the other things I do, and this is the last thing I'm, for my notes here, and I'll take some questions if you have any, is uh, I have this prayer called the ABCs of desliming. And uh, Laura and I and other ones that do sozo, we do this prayer every time after we do a sozo, and I do it other times too. Um, but it goes like this. A, a stands for attacks, assignments, or attachments. 
B stands for false burdens, and C is curses. So I pray this over myself, and I, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I command every attack, assignment, or attachment of the enemy to be removed from me. I command every false burden that you do not intend for me to carry to be lifted off me in Jesus' name. And Father God, I break off every curse written or spoken to or about me in Jesus' name. And I receive your blessings anew through Christ today in Jesus' name. And sometimes I actually feel this like, ah, after I pray that. That's a good thing. You feel that heaviness and all of a sudden you don't. Well, uh, when you're in a room with dealing with the demonic spiritual warfare stuff, sometimes you pick up some hitchhikers that want to come home with you and want to torment your sleep or something like that. And what the Bible says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. So I'm telling you this stuff so that you know about your dominion and authority. You know how to take care of these things so you don't have to feel that oppression, that fear that anxiety, whatever that is you've struggled with. And you can also get deliverance from it if it is a spirit and kick it to the curb. Amen? Jesus came to set those that are in prison free, those that are oppressed at liberty, freedom. That's why he came. And you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. And he who the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to open up for some questions now. I want to reserve the right to not answer some. If I feel like it might uh, scare somebody or might, or I don't feel like I have an adequate answer at the, off the top of my head. But I do want to open up if you guys do have any questions. You can log off of Facebook so you, in case you guys don't want your stuff to be heard. Good night, Facebook. There, there it goes. Bye-bye. Have a good night. All right, so if you have any questions about uh, if something may be a spirit or, or whatever uh, in the area of deliverance, why don't you just go ahead and ask, and I'll try to answer best I can. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, whether they're in you or on you, uh, to me, it doesn't totally matter. I mean, different people have different theologies of that, but uh, the matters is, are they oppressing you? Right? And so some get really caught up if it was in them or if it was on them. Sometimes you, you can get born again and saved and never, it dealt with your spirit, it didn't deal with your soul. You had your soul to be transformed by renewing your mind. It's your mind, will, and your emotions. So demons can still actually still be in uh, the, their soul realm. You think of that guy, Simon, who was a sorcerer, who says that Paul, I think it was Paul or Peter, one of them, was preaching, and the guy got saved. And then a little bit later, they had another crew come to get them baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he saw them lay hands on people. And then uh, he offered them money to get that gift. And he just goes on telling them how he's so full of demons and all that stuff. And maybe God would forgive you. I mean, he was really hard on him. Well, it already showed in uh, the previous chapter he had got saved. But here he's saying he's got some demons to take care of, right? So in our, in our soul realm, I mean, to me, if we're going to do deliverance, you, you wouldn't want to do deliverance on someone who's not saved because they don't have the Holy Spirit to keep them free. Right? It says when a spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places or dry places looking for a new home, doesn't find one, comes back to the original house. The first condition is worse than it was before because it brings seven more evil spirits with it. So would we want to do that to a non-saved person who doesn't have the Holy Spirit to keep their freedom? 
It doesn't make sense. You're making them worse than they were before. What makes sense is that you have someone who has the Holy Spirit in them, you get them freed from those spirits, and then the Holy Spirit has more room to live and occupy in their life. Right? To me, it's cruel to do a deliverance on somebody who's not born again, unless God specifically tells you to, because they're not getting saved because of that spirit. Unless he specifically tells you to, it's cruel to do deliverance on a non-saved person because it's going to come back worse than before. You might look good and anointed in front of people or in a crowd, but you're really doing more damage than you are good if they don't have the Holy Spirit living in them to keep them free. Amen? Does that answer your question? All right. Uh, Terry? Pardon? Yeah, yeah, you can bind them from manifesting from a non-believer. Holly did that in India. There was a lady asking her to pray for her for del- or maybe it was, uh, well, anyway, someone asked for deliverance. If you're going to renounce Hinduism, and she's like, no, I'm not. Well, Holly's like, well, I'm not going to cast a demon out of you then because it's going to come back tonight. It's going to be worse than before. But Holly bound the spirit in Jesus' name, and that lady slept better that night she had in, I don't know, months, years, or whatever. And so somewhere along the line, that seed was planted like, wow, what that lady did really worked in Jesus' name. What I'm doing too to Buddha and to Hindu gods and just, food offerings and stuff isn't doing me any good, right? So it isn't wise. What was, Terry? Okay, so what I do that you'll hear people say, and sometimes it's emotions getting involved. I command that spirit to go to hell and stuff like that. Huh? Oh, you didn't hear him? Okay. Terry said that uh, some people say when they're commanding the spirit to leave to uh Leave the building, go here, go there, and do this stuff. And so what, how far should we go with that? This is my opinion. I believe, what I do personally is I, I, I command the Spirit to leave, and I send them to Jesus, and then Jesus can tell them where to go from there. I, nowhere in the Bible does Jesus ever send a spirit to hell. Um, and even the, in, with the pig story, remember? They said, we don't want to leave the region. Can we just go in these pigs? And for whatever reason, Jesus said, go. He let them go. And they stayed in that region. When the pigs died, they would have found new people to bother, right? I mean, so we don't have, I don't think we have authority to send them to hell. It's not, it's not modeled in the Bible, but I do think we can command them to go to Jesus, and he can tell them what they can and can't do. Okay. Uh, any other questions? These are good questions. I like that. Debbie asked those that didn't didn't hear is it only unbelievers or non-safe people that feel that they feel like it's going to be worse after they've received deliverance and I would say no I've seen with believers that I've I've participated with Dick Robinson with a couple people that we did deliverance on them and uh, I'm not thinking of you <laughs> you looked at me I was like no not you but no one in this room but uh, they did deliverance on and it uh, actually seemed like they were worse afterwards and I don't know if they had the spiritual maturity or the backing and the teaching behind it to actually maintain their freedom. And I think they, and they didn't fill their house back up with the Holy Spirit or more filled with the Holy Spirit. And I actually, it looked like their life in some ways. And even I heard one of their uh, parents say, and I never told them the connection, <laughs> man, they seem worse now than they did before. And I felt really, really bad. I was doing what I thought was right, but, um, and maybe I did them harm, and I, if I did, I'm sorry, God, but I was doing what I knew to do at that time, but uh, there's wisdom needs to be uh, 
definitely involved in this. So, good question. Anyone else? I'll wait a little bit. I know there's probably a few more. You point at somebody? Hello? Anyone else have any more questions? There's not a dumb question. I mean, honestly, you're going to have to think about it sometime. And uh, it'd be much easier to do it right here and now than it would be when you're in the middle of a deliverance session, right? <laughs> it's a definitely easier right now than it would be then because sometimes you don't have much warning before a deliverance opportunity presents itself. Um, all right. Anyone else? Are there questions you want to ask about certain types of spirits or... Um, is this situation potentially a spirit, someone like that, some question like that? Okay, well, Laura asked, is... Uh, do we have to know the demon's name to cast it out? Now, there's many people that do deliverance like that. There's, I can't think of the guy's name, but I saw a video I had to watch for class. I've done uh, four levels of deliverance with Global Awakening, and there was one video we had to watch this guy, I don't know, Bumford, Mumford or something. And, uh, and he really he commanded this, this, the demon speaking through this man in the video, and he's commanding these demons to name themselves. And he goes, I adjure you before Christ, the living uh, God, name yourself, and they would do it. And it's like, well, how do you know they weren't lying? He'd, he'd say, would that hold up his truth before God? And they go, yes. Like, I'm telling you, it was creepy, but I'm telling you, I'm, it's not my style, and it's not what I'm going to do. Uh, but this guy, he actually, he got results. And that guy was in, a, he did this actual deliverance in a prison facility, and they videoed the whole thing. And this man had done some really awful things to people, and he was absolutely delivered and set free in that video. And it was, it was stunning. So I'm not going to talk that you can't do it that way. But for me personally, no, I don't, I don't do that. I, um, I don't think I need to know their names. We can use the gifts of the Holy Spirit and get information from the Holy Spirit, not information from demons. And just ask the Holy Spirit, what are we dealing with here? What's going on here? And ask the Holy Spirit for, for those in the room with us to have the gift of discerning of spirits to manifest and stuff. And sometimes you'll know what spirit is by how they start talking to you. Or how they start acting. That spirit will actually be manifesting in, in a word they say. that they're, they're not as smart as you think they might be. They kind of give you a clue from what they say of what spirit's behind this. It's kind of funny in a way. So, And I'm not talking about the demon speaking. I'm the person starts speaking. And they'll say something. And not even sure why they said it. But it'll give you a clue. I don't listen to the demons speak. Like Jesus. You shut them up right away. He command them to shut up. And that's what we do. In Jesus name. So. Yeah, like the one in Uganda, the lady, um, she was having, she was a Muslim. She had been saved for probably about nine months, and she was having a really bad migraine headaches. And uh, John and David Mark and other pastors and ministers prayed for her, but it wasn't going away. And I had preached that night, and the gift of faith was on me. I said, bring that lady to me. It was right in front of the whole church. And I, excuse me, and I put my hand on her head, and just, I don't remember, just released the anointing, and she just went, and she just like fell over like big time and I was like well that was cool and uh, I was just waiting for her to 
see her get up and say, my headache's gone. Well, next thing you know, she hits the floor. She starts rolling around on the floor. She starts screaming and throwing her arms around the place. And they get, this is a bigger church, probably, I don't know, two, three hundred people. And they, they had their whole trained crew come over and start um, restraining her and holding her for she doesn't move so much. And I told them to loosen their grips so they wouldn't hurt her so much because some people needed deliverance from their deliverance session because if people are so rough on them, they've actually had broken bones and, and injuries because them heart restrained them so hard that they can get hurt in it. So I told them, loosen your grip. She's not hurting anybody. Just don't let her hurt anybody else. Don't let her hurt herself. And then I just started climbing over the people and getting back to her. And I, I don't know, I just, the Holy Spirit, I was really, really excited. Because uh, I was like, this lady's getting free. This is her deliverance day. This is her D-Day, you know. So I get, climbed over, and I just put my hand on her head, and I started just releasing the love of God. Like, this is not this lady. This is not her. She's a beautiful young lady. She was like 21, 22 probably. Just releasing the love of God. And uh, she's trying to punch me. She's like swinging her arms, and John's down there. I was like, don't you let her punch me, John. <laughs> and uh, John's like, I won't, but he kind of gives that kind of smirky grin that he does where you don't know if you can trust him or not. And, <laughs> and uh, But anyway, um, in, in, I don't know, 30 seconds or so, this lady just has this big sigh. Like, <sighs> and she goes, something left me. I can feel it, and her eyes look different. It was absolutely beautiful, and that church service went crazy. We, uh, even the three white guys in the room got up, and we were dancing all over the place, and we danced probably for 30, 45 minutes. How Jesus is victor. Jesus is victorious, and it was, it was awesome, but um, I can't remember the question now, but, <laughs> but. Oh, yes. Yeah, when she started swinging, that was a clue to me that this must be a fighting spirit because she's trying to fight. So I made that connection between what she was doing, what the demon was trying to do through her, and what spirit was manifesting. So I bound the fighting spirit. As soon as I said that, her arms went still, right to the ground, like not even moving. As either they just stopped or an angel was holding her down. It was like instantly. It was really pretty cool. <laughs> now you're like, I want to see that. Well, do you really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, any more questions? Again, I've seen some weird things in America, too, not just Brazil, India, and Uganda. I've seen them in America, too. And I've seen them in this church building, to be honest. So. One night we had uh, different people that got delivered, and you can tell they got delivered, but it was nothing that was dr so dramatic, but you could tell it was a deliverance. It wasn't just a prayer, and they cried, and they said, oh, I feel better. So I thought, well, this is okay. It's pretty cool. And then one night, this guy was really just kind of freaking out, and I thought, well, he's really getting into it. And then he just kind of hit the floor, and we just kind of thought, well, that's it. And then this stuff started happening, the snake thing, and just kept, and he kept getting worse, and he kept just getting just eerie just ah yeah, and just and then it just he just kind of just like he exploded like he saw and it was over with and he laid there for a long time i didn't know if he's okay if he's i didn't know what to do because this lady said he's all right he'll be okay and just and, but you know watching that and watching some of the other ones i was thinking do you just go in kind of blind but she didn't feel like she was blinded we were just kind of there and kind of experiencing it and trying to kind of learn but at the same time i didn't really know what I'm looking for, or what do I expect, or I just, does that come with just time of just doing it, or you have to go through things like you went through, of course, it, training and stuff, because she kind of, we were just kind of sitting there, kind of being with her, and watching her, and 
send what she said do? Or do you just kind of walk in there and say, this, this person's got something, get ready. I mean, I would definitely recognize the, the, uh, the leadership in order of the room because demonic spirits, they, they, if you start, everyone in the room starts speaking and stuff, it releases more chaos. They, need, they recognize one leader better. So one voice should be the constant voice of the leadership of the deliverance. Someone else can, can say, like a, someone with the gift of discernment can say, I kind of feel it might be this spirit. But then the person who's leading should still be the one to say, in the name of Jesus, I bind this spirit. Because there's something about it in the spirit realm that they, they recognize authority. And uh, authority, not just in a family, but in a, in a church setting. That doesn't mean the pastor has to be the one doing it, but if you're the one who started the session and you're the one anointed to do that appointment, you should stick with it unless you're too tired, you need to tap out, and you can basically have someone else step in now. They're leading the session. It just works better that way. I mean, it's, it's been... But um, one reason why you might not have known what to do is because you weren't the one that's supposed to do it. So if you're the one in charge, you might have things come in like the Holy Spirit leading you in a way because you're the one leading it that he'll deposit the information you need in you. But if you're just observing, you don't need to know. You just need to be watching and learning and try to go for the next time. But you're the person, it's you or them. Like me when I was in college, it was like I had no idea. So I commanded to go to the pigs. I don't know where they went to, but they left him. So <laughs> that's, that's the main thing, right? And so um, you get the information from the Holy Spirit and just move from there. So good question, Dave. Did I answer it? Okay. Good. All right. Any more questions? Yes. Okay. One thing that I think uh, it's not fantastic sounding or wild, but I think it's something that plagues a lot of people and big pharma has made a fortune off of, and that's depression. And I've experienced it before. And it is a dark, oppressive spirit. Uh, at least it was for me. And there was somebody who used to go to church here, and he and I talked about it several times because he deals with it a lot. And he agreed with me. He said, I know what you're talking about. He said, it's like this dark, oppressive hopelessness. You're not happy about anything. And, uh, the only, and I've got a friend in Spruce Pine who's a Christian. He's... Uh, worship leader at a church in Spruce Pine, and he's gone through the same thing. And so I know that's something that affects Christians and non-Christians alike. Uh, I, in my heart, I believe it's spiritual, demonic at its source. And um, the only way I ever broke it off of me was through prayer. Uh, I'd even talked to Mitzi about it and said, you know, I think I'm going to go to a Christian counselor or something's going on, you know. Well... I ended up not needing to do that. I just got serious with God and, and prayed about it. And uh, I don't know. I, I felt like maybe somebody here tonight is dealing with that. Uh, that's why I decided, you know, I'm going to speak up instead of just sitting here because uh, it's something I think the only way to break it off is through the power of God and through prayer. Amen. Thank you, Dale. And, uh, yeah, some of you that are thinking you're going to ask me a question after, you can ask those questions now, right? <laughs> we can, once they come up to me after to ask questions. But, um, yeah, oppression, what do you say? Acts 1038, 
He came to heal those that were oppressed by the devil. And in, in Luke 4 and Isaiah 61, he was opening the door or freeing those that were oppressed. Okay? So uh, absolutely can depression be uh, from the devil? Absolutely. Anytime in your life you, have, you feel like you have no hope, you believe in a lie, you believe in a, a stronghold, then that, that, that is bigger than what you're actually, then it's bigger than God then you're believing a lie. There's a stronghold there. So it can't be bigger than God. So tonight, if you do feel like you struggle with oppression, depression, it just feels dark and hopeless, man, we can easily command that spirit to go and see you see freedom. But you have to know how to, we have to encourage you how to walk in it and keep it too because the demons always try to come back at least for a season. They'll try to come back. When someone gets healed, the, the sickness will try to come back. And you have to know how to speak to that mountain and say, and resist the devil so he'll flee from you. You have to do that. That's something you have to do. Uh, he, Jesus said, you resist the devil, he'll flee from you, right? So you can't have someone else resist the devil for you. You have to resist him yourself. Now, you can't have a brotherhood of believers come in and command a spirit to go and stuff, absolutely. But when you're alone, you don't have that. You have to need, know how to fight the good fight of faith against the, the, the wiles of the enemy, right? attacks the enemy. So if that's someone tonight, I want you to just, uh, you don't have to tell me now, but just let us know. We can pray for you for that. Absolutely. So any other questions? Mark. All right. Well, um, Mark said, how do you know the difference between an area of your flesh you're dealing with that you're trying to, you know, be transformed by renewing your mind kind of thing versus a demon. Really, the only way you can know is just asking the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to give a cliche answer, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going through feelings and things like, is this me? Is this whatever? And I just ask the Holy Spirit, it, it's, here's what's bothering you. I'm like, well, why is this bothering me? Or why does this thing have access to me? And Or, why, or is it just a trespasser? And I'm just asking these questions to learn because we're learning how to fight the good fight. So, uh, even even then, like Mark was saying there in his question, if we haven't transformed how we think, the door is going to be more easily accessible for different spirits to attack you. Let's say you're strong in the area of, of health. You know a lot of strong health scriptures, and you believe God wants you healthy. That might not be an area where he tempts you as much as an area of rejection or an area of um, insecurity or fear or anxiety and things like that. You might be more open to this from your childhood or trauma and things like that. And so area, where, what did he say to left Jesus? He waited for more opportune time, right? When they, they wanted to wait till someone's at a weaker moment. So he looks for that area of weakness to try to come in and evade that area of our life to bring torment or demonic oppression or things like that. So Really, I don't know how to answer it any other way than that. Is just ask the Holy Spirit because it it can look so close to the same. I guess one sign might be if there's almost seems like it's this issue on steroids, or it's an issue on like like gasoline's poured onto it. Like it's more more intense than a normal person's fight in a certain area would be. Then it's got demonic power behind it. Then it might be uh, something a sign there that this is probably demonic. And you still might have to deal with your flesh after that too. You know to deal with retraining how you think, but open the door to let something in. So, good question. Is there uh, some more questions? This is really good. I'm enjoying it. I hope you are. There's uh, four main ways demons get access to our lives. I guess five if you count generational. But there's hatred. There's sexual sin. 
There's fear and there's witchcraft and they call it the four main ways demons get accessed into our life. And all those doors can be accessed in our lives generationally. So stuff that you didn't do, 30 members of your family before you, third and fourth generation could have opened that door. And if it hasn't been closed, then you need to be the generation to close it. You need a person to cancel it, close it, so it's not going on to, into your children's lives. Right? We are redeemed from those curses, but the redeemed Lord have to say so. We have to access that freedom by believing and, and, and agreeing with God. Amen. All right. Uh, we got some more questions, guys? Who wants to sign up for the deliverance ministry tonight? <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, it can be challenging, but I'm telling you, when you really have somebody that you see is free, like the 21-year-old the girl or 22-whatever in Uganda, and she just says, Something left me. And you just know that you know this girl got delivered. The whole church knew it. It was so beautiful. I could not hardly, I could, I could hardly stop thinking about it at night. I'm laying in bed like, God, that was so awesome. That was so, her life is forever changed right then because we, all we did was release the love of Jesus. I wasn't yelling and screaming and shouting and spitting. I just, all I did was touch the side of her face and I'm just releasing, Jesus loves this girl. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out a, a bunch of things. <laughs> I think, but um, it's important to, to discern that it's not the person. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's a demon. So we don't get uh, afraid or don't get offended by them or whatever because you don't know what they might say uh, until you take authority. <laughs> There's maybe some weird things. So any other questions? The questions are really good. So to me, deliverance is a ministry of love. Amen. It sometimes looks messy. It sometimes looks ugly, but it's a ministry of love. All right, so any more questions before I cast the demons at all you guys? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just playing. Any more questions? <laughs>